0: This is the Two Friends Watch podcast. Please enjoy Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Two Friends Watch, where two friends watch something and talk about it. I'm Josh. I'm summer. And we're the two friends. Summer, how are you doing?
1: Um, I'm feeling deja vu. It's almost like we just did this two minutes ago.
0: Yes, this is the second time I've, like, done the intro twice. We did the intro twice last week because John died. So, you know, he didn't actually (laughs) die. He cut out. Like, I should clarify for people that didn't listen. Uh, Yeah.
1: Can you imagine a live death on the podcast though? What? Like, that's good PR.
0: That would bring in ratings though, right? Like, I imagine people would listen. Yeah, I know you'd listen, you people out there. I don't blame you though.
1: Because it'd be like, it'd be like that thing that's going around right now where there's like footage of that girl wandering around a hotel before she drowns in a water tank then like everybody would listen to this just like they're watching that and try to figure it out
0: um i was not aware of that but now i'm curious what yeah
1: (laughs) it's like the cecil hotel or something i don't know where it is but like ghost adventures is doing it there's like entire podcasts about about it and it's just, like, this girl who obviously had, like, a mental breakdown and, or, like, had mental issues and was wandering around a hotel and then got got up on the roof and, dr- and like, drowned in a water tank.
0: Mm, I was completely unaware. I never heard of it. Uh,
1: that's, that's what all of my ads for YouTube are, is, like, Ghost Adventures and, like, Zach Bagans. Going, you have been watching this footage over and over again and he's standing in front of the hotel.
0: YouTube ads make me so mad. They it's like you watch like five minutes of something and then it's like, let's recommend that to you fifty times. And twice in a row, because they have to do double ads.
1: (laughs) The algorithm is so broken.
0: It is. It really is broken. I I hate it. I would see. I feel like it's so inaccessible to get into, you know, to start making content just because of how the algorithm Mm -hmm. works and how established people already are.
1: Yeah, that's what it's made for, though. Like, it's not for content create, like new content creators anymore.
0: Right. It's just made for pre established people, which is fine. I just, I wish there was more platforms, you know, that other people. They were actually, like, big enough that people could migrate to.
1: Is there an alternative to YouTube at all?
0: Not anything that's gained any traction. Like, there's always alternatives, but there's nothing, like, that's as notable, or even near as notable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't even imagine trying to compete with YouTube. Especially, like, when it's not even that old yet
0: right it's it's what was it 2009 i think
1: 2000, yeah i think it's 2008
0: 2009 so just a little over a decade old it's not that bad but then again you think of like apps and in social media and stuff and they age pretty fast i mean look at facebook now i mean it already feels a like dated
1: that had i think facebook like social media wise is gonna be one of the longest living or like it it already has
0: you think it's just because it's the original and that's Uh, why it has the likes
1: it's not even the original because myspace predated facebook but myspace didn't last that long I don't know, like, why Facebook is lasting so long and why they're the Simpsons of uh, social media.
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) But their days are numbered. It's like we all understand what it is, but no one wants to be around it anymore because it's just so dated. And, like, it it needs to be put out of its misery, but it won't because uh, Zuckerberg needs that money.
1: It almost feels, like, family-friendly in a way, but it's clearly not because it's infested with, like, porn bots and political, um, arguments.
0: I just think Instagram is such a sleeker service. And it's owned by Facebook anyways. Yeah. Alright. That's about all I really have for a hilarious banter this week. I'm not exactly <laughs> high energy. I know I'm not usually high energy, anyways. But like, I'm I'm especially low energy today.
1: I don't know. Me too. It's been weird. Like, I didn't have a lot to do yesterday, but weirdly, that was more draining than than running around all the time like I usually do.
0: I, I hate the weekends. I just I would rather have stuff on my schedule to do than like feel bad that i'm wasting a bunch of time that i have which is what i'll do when i have free time and, and like an abundance of it you know
1: yeah me too
0: um today what but, but
1: but we do we did have something to do because we watched a movie for this podcast and but continue bro, that was what you were gonna say that was
0: your that was yeah. your, like a uh, segue? Yeah. As I was doing the segue. Was,
1: yeah, we intercepted segues.
0: segues. But your segue was bad.
1: Uh tell me what yours was, please.
0: Um mine was uh so basically we ended, right? And I was gonna be like, uh so we watched Moonlight. You Are like you that?
1: kidding me, Joshua?
0: Yeah, and then you interrupted <laughs> me with a worse one.
1: So, Actually, uh, I would barely even qualify that as a segue, and mine was better, and you interrupted me, because I started talking first.
0: I guess mine isn't a segue, because I, I kind of just stopped the sentence and then did a new sentence. So
1: it, It's more like an announcement.
0: Okay, so we watched Moonlight. It came out in 2016. It's like a coming-of-age drama, LGBTQ film. Uh based on a semi-autobiographical play called In Moonlight Black Boys Look Blue. It's directed by Barry Jenkins. He's done uh the only other thing he did was uh if Beale Street could talk. But this is like his main one that he was really known for. Let me see. He also wrote the screenplay. It stars Travante Rhodes as one of the the main version of um the main character. There's like three different versions. He's the adult version. Uh Marshall Ali's in it as like the dad. Uh, Janelle Monae is in it as the the. It's it's weird because they're not they're not like his parents, but you know like they're the parental figures. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the parental figures. I'm trying to look at. I want the wikis. So basically, what happened this week is that we were on time crunch, so I didn't make a notes. So I am like. Just uh, struggling here, bro. <laughs> Andre Holland was Kevin. So Andre Holland is the adult Kevin. Janelle Monae is Teresa. Ashton Sanders plays the teen Sharon. Alex Hibbert plays the little Sharon. And then like Naomi Harris plays his mom. That's basically the whole cast. I think I got everyone. And uh, had a budget of like 1.5 to 4 million. And a box office of 65.3 million. So this one did bank. For what it was. Sick and a runtime of 111 minutes which is like almost two hours i did not feel that but i'll explain also what happened you know i didn't finish completely
1: uh-huh.
0: right and i'm trying to think of other really important information before i just kind of get into it it also went ton of oscars Do you know that i don't know if you were following the oscars around that time
1: I I did know that, because this was around the first time, like, it was around the time where we started talking about movies a lot, and we talked about it at some point.
0: Yeah, was it? Were we, I mean, me and you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it was probably, like, a year it was probably, like, a year after the movie Not came out. No, because I was still at... Uh, a,
0: I was still at a Jesus School around this time. You know, because uh, it came out in 2016. And those Oscars were in 2017. Maybe you're thinking of Green Book.
1: I think we talk, talked about it a year after the Oscars.
0: Oh, God. Anyways, there was this big thing where, essentially... It was up against La La Land, right? Those were the two big ones for Best Picture. And they announced La La Land. And then, like, everyone got all hyped. And then someone had to come out on stage and be like, uh, just kidding, we got the thing wrong. It's actually Moonlight. And so, like, they completely undercut Ugh. Moonlight's win. And it sucked. <laughs> Dude, at the time, yeah. I was, like, kind of mad that La La Land didn't win. But, like, nowadays, I feel like Moonlight deserved it more.
1: I haven't seen La La Land, but I don't. I don't anticipate it. Anticipate it being like deeper or more profound or well done than this.
0: I think this just accomplishes more than La. I love La La Land too, but I, I think this one is just more. Because you can get a musical that's pretty good, like every few years. You can't really get a film that is like on this level.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. By the way, uh this is the first time I think that we have ever uh, had a situation. I have the the Blu-ray, bro. Fancy.
1: Oh, sick.
0: Yeah, I I didn't have the digital option though, and I didn't watch it on disc. I watched it on Netflix. But like, I got the one. So it says six Golden Globe nominations. Doesn't even like have the Oscar win or anything on there. So it must be an old print.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but it it's... Dude, the disc sucks. I'll show you if you can see it. It's, like, literally just a gray disc with, like, white text. And that's it.
1: I think that's apt, though.
0: Nah, dude, if, if I want a moonlight... Even if you're just going to do a plain color, do, like, blue, right? Or purple.
1: I could see blue... Because the entire film is just washed in blue.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the idea. And the gray is like makes, so boring.
1: Yeah, and that makes more sense. Uh, like, it did before because Moonlight, but now, like that you said, like the title of the screenplay that it was after.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's mm, that's my problem with it. But I got it for like a dollar, so it was it was chill. This was a few years after it came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's your... I guess we'll just dive in. I don't know how much we have to say, everyone, but we'll kind of briefly go over things. But by the way, first off, I wanted to say that I didn't finish this full thing, even though this time I was watching as a rewatch, but I didn't finish the full thing because of, like, time constraints, and I ran out of time. So I am kind of going off summer for the final act of this thing, like the final third. Cause I haven't seen that final third in, in a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah, homie, tell
0: me what you think of it. Uh generally in general, you know
1: I think I mean one of the first things that I notice is that out of all of the A twenty four films that I've seen, this one yeah. moves like comparatively faster than the rest.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: And I think it's interesting how they... It, they chopped it up into three portions, and then there, there was, like, an act, a different actor for each of the main char- for, like, the two main characters for each portion. But it still... It wasn't choppy. Like, not in, like... It, not in an abrupt way. Like, it was... Abrupt, but it's like purposefully, if that makes sense.
0: Nah, pacing was was great. I think I really flowed well into each other, and I got attached to each segment. Obviously, I didn't watch the adult one again, but just based off my memory and rewatching those first two segments, you know, it's it's very well structured.
1: Yeah. Um, what was the other thing that I was going to say Cause, oh yeah I like how at first I after just hearing about this movie and how it was like the main character was gay and I was like oh, okay this could be like one of two things
0: right. Um,
1: it could either be like super super in your face and like and like forcing it or it could uh-huh. be normal, or like depict, or even worse, third option depicted entirely wrong, and like the experience of being a gay person. But it wasn't. It was just like the way it was presented was so like natural and normal. It really just felt like any other rom- or like coming of age romance scene that you would see anywhere else
0: yeah i i uh i echo that this is um besides i know you have seen portrait of a lady on fire that came out like um last year or 2019 whenever it was that one is probably my favorite lgbtq film but this is like a very close second it's very well done and like i don't know just, it just everything just feels right you know Nothing feels out of place, nothing feels over the top and super dramatic. It all just feels like it it works and it's it's very uh inviting.
1: Mm-hmm. Another thing that this movie does really well is like showing the cause and effect of events. Like Yeah. Um the effect of his, like, father figure dying is, like, well, pre- well presented, Um his mom doing drugs, so what happens to him after he gets incarcerated
0: Yeah, I know, yeah. and what like,
1: happens after, like, his love interest he, he gets into a fight with his love interest, yeah, it's all, like, it's super concise and it, like, it shows, like consequence and everything about what happens when people are pushed to make those choices.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's a great character study for this uh Charone dude and and just how things influence each other. I'm usually a sucker though for coming of age stuff. Like it's hard to do a coming of age thing that I don't like. But this one in particular is just it's very well done. And it really encapsulates, it like, a whole life in three little vignettes. And I, I feel the, the the weight of it all and the growth of it all. Without it being super dramatic, Oscar-baity scenes, you know? Because it could have easily gone yeah that way.
1: Like, even the, the smaller...
0: The... Mo- oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you, sorry, I thought you were done.
0: <laughs> nah, I was like, even the, the smaller moments like him and his friend on the beach Kevin like it you think there'd be like this big blow up scene or something huge and it'd be like this big fight or big dramatic uh, thing but like even the smaller fights and, and stuff it never really overstays its welcome and gets really dramatic for the sake of it which is nice for a change
1: yeah I that's what i was worried about when it was like so heavily talked about in the media and it won all those awards
0: because mm. i
1: i didn't want this movie to be so focused on other kids calling him an f slur or just bullying him bullying him because i don't know he's not as masculine as what he was supposed to be as a quote-unquote supposed to be as a child but it wasn't like it was mentioned like at the dinner table and it was shown that it was hurting him and that it was happening, but that was not the focal point of the film and it, it never should be with this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So I, like, I
1: appreciate it.
0: There's so many um, gay films and LGBTQ films that are like solely defined by the, the trauma and the traumatic experiences. You know, it's all about like, the experience, like the troubles that go with being, you know, different, according to a uh, society, but like, that's not really what defines the whole life, you know. As someone who isn't is a LGBTQ, so I can't really speak on it, but like, there's there's more to it. Obviously, the the trauma and the uh, the uh, experiences you have that are negative are part of it, but it's not like your entire encapsulation of what your life is. And this one did a really good job of like showing that that's a part of his life, but not his sole motivation or focus or anything.
1: The entire movie was structured around, like, it was structured around the audience figuring out what was happening, because the way it was filmed and the way it was written very much makes the viewer feel like they're an outsider looking in, and it's Mm -hmm. like you have to interpret what's happening And, like, even the way that it's shot and the the sound design all all form around, like, that. Because nothing super technical goes on. Like, it's not, like, the cinematography isn't, like, super complex because it's just all about that.
0: Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, dude. I think a lot of the technicals here are, are fantastic, like cinematography went off especially with the the water scenes and the beach scenes
1: oh like, that yeah beautiful mm-hmm. dude
0: even how they they use lighting and stuff i i get how like some of the stuff with the the school and like the houses don't feel very super cinematic but man i think those uh like that scene in the beginning where he's um marshall Lee's teaching him how to swim like tell me that's not one of the best looking shots and, and scenes that you've seen in a long time from a modern film.
1: Oh no, it totally is. I mean, then maybe I worded it wrong <laughs> before, but yeah, there are a lot of really, really good scenes. I just meant like that was like, it's not like there's nothing visually t- taking away from what's happening and what they're trying oh, to get yeah, you to do.
0: There's, yeah, I watched this movie, like, yeah, like there's a little action. Um, have you heard about Cherry, the new Tom Holland movie that was coming out?
1: Is that the one where he has like superpowers and he's never seen a girl before?
0: No, it's he's like a drug dealer, or and no, he's even goes to war and to drugs.
1: Oh no, what?
0: Anyways, basically, what happens is that the, the Russo brothers and Tom Holland wanted to be like, Yeah, we can be edgy, too, guys. The Russo brothers are the ones that directed like a bunch of the Marvel films. So they made this, like, yeah. super gritty, hard-R film. And that one really felt like they were trying to make up for lack of story in the, the visuals and the, the technicals. And I feel like what you're trying to say is this the exact opposite, where, like, the technicals complemented a lot instead of taken away from the experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, technically speaking, the, the score is also something that goes off. That score is so good. Are you kidding me? It's so good. Like every fit. every time that main motif came back, I was like tearing out, bro. <laughs> Not dead ass. I was. Yeah,
1: it's really. There's whole. There's like every song. It fits so well with like the vibe and the scene that it's designated to. I it never like it never. Mm-hmm. Like, it never not surprises you, but it never is like it never shocks you that this song is where it is. And it it's just very atmospheric.
0: Yeah, for sure. Also, what else can I really get into? Performances. I love the most of the performances here. Especially like Mahershala Ali and Janelle Monet as the the parental figures. It's just it's great to see something like that happen. Because you don't really see it a ton where you just have these really good people swoop in to help someone who's struggling who's like you know a younger kid, and it 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 makes you feel good, yeah, you know? just to see some people doing good
1: yeah I'm not saying like i'm not di- I'm dissing the the whole like tr- this particular form of childhood trauma mm-hmm. but like when you start watching this movie. You anticipate his uh, what his like soon to be father figure to be like a pedophile, and you're just like waiting for it to happen because that is fairly common yeah, in for sure. like modern films. Like if you're gonna make child if you're gonna make childhood trauma a main point, then it's usually that, and that I think that's good because it was never touched on at all before. But it's just interesting for that not to happen in a film now, because you're definitely expecting it.
0: Yeah, it makes you... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it needed it, though, when you already have like a bad uh, maternal figure. It's like, do you really need the, the whole abusive, pedophilic type slant to it? Because you're already dealing with so much.
1: I was totally ready for them to keep piling it on and on and on and on. And that does happen to people, but there is a lot. There are there's lots of like literature and movies who just keep like trauma piling to like get you more emotional. But it actually does the opposite. Well, if that was actually happening, then it would make you emotional. But just like film wise,
0: no, I feel you. Yeah, this I I have really nothing but praises, man. I don't have like. It's not something that really gets me going, you know, like to these huge uh, discussions about it. But it, it, it's really well done overall.
1: Yeah. Visually, it's very cohesive, too. It's like, oh, there's yeah, like, sure. there's all, there's all the water scenes, both um, his home with his mother and what's the woman's name? Teresa, Teresa's house. Is very, yeah. like, cool-toned, very blue. There's lots of blue in the high school. There's the water scenes.
0: And yeah, then everything I... is
1: washed in a blue.
0: It's, yeah, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Even, doesn't it end with a water scene? Like, him flashing back? In yes.
1: Yeah. It's, just, it's just him alone, like, as a child on the beach. That
0: was a great ending ending shot to to go out on because i think the the beach scenes are my favorite by far
1: yeah it like that's where a lot of the most emotionally intense things happened yeah or, like a good how are
0: you, you feeling about his uh his buddy kevin I,
1: I we've all seen that in media before, where like, uh, you have this like groundbreaking, special bonding moment with mm-hmm. somebody, but then that other person is put into the position of them yeah. pe- betraying you, and they and then they betray you for the social betterment of themselves because they're teenagers and they don't have, um, they don't have fully. They're not fully capable of making good decisions yet. Because, like, brain development.
0: hmm <laughs> I feel so, like the third act really brings him around. That final uh, adult segment. I think it really brings it home. And it doesn't feel like a waste.
1: Oh, no, not at all. Uh, it's like the way... Because they're always so tentative and awkward, and they mm-hmm. they both have like more so chiron because he's very guarded and he always has been, and that's a trait that remained consistent throughout each of the three chunks is him like being silent and very and very um tactical with the way he speaks
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So I liked, I liked their interaction in the third chapter because it just, it, it exemplifies the people that they were when they knew each other and how they've evolved now without like throwing it in your face. Hmm.
0: Okay. So as someone who's, who watched all three, I didn't watch the third chapter. What, what's your favorite of the segments? You know, there's the kid, the, the teenager and the adult. I think the kid part is the strongest for me.
1: I'm trying to decide between the childhood part and the adulthood part. Because the adulthood part is like the culmination of everything that's happened. Like you could feel how everything has led to this moment. And how everything has led to them behaving the way that they do with each other. But then the childhood chapter really lays the foundations for his for all of the character development.
0: Right. And I I do agree that I think we have to agree that the teenage part is probably the weakest of the three. It doesn't really do much, but it's it's still solid. It's just not very as impactful as was it's early and later cycles. It's just
1: yeah, that has the middle chapter has the most cliches Mm -hmm. and that's not a lot but it just like out of the whole movie that part is probably the most saturated with it
0: yeah like it's it's definitely could have been a little stronger but there's nothing really inherently wrong it's just like some stuff where it's like they're talking about what they used to do and they're like remember when you used to fight those people and beat them up and he's like yeah bro and he's like um how about you beat someone up if i ask you again and he's like okay who am i gonna beat up and then you like it's like you obviously know who it's gonna be you know later on and it just it feels like there's not a lot of subtext you know see i'm talking about in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. yeah that that's what that's kind of the, the cliche of it all
1: yeah there were some parts where I was questioning what they were trying to do with Kevin's character before the fight between him and Jiron happened. Mm-hmm. And just like the constant like, because I guess they were insinuating that they, ha- that they were best friends when they were a kid, and then they had like kind of a falling out, or yeah. they just like drifted apart, but then they started coming back, and the only way that Kevin really know-how was to extensively talk about his sex life which i don't know right. if that was supposed to off you or like be foreshadowing
0: <laughs> yeah like that's that's the thing it kind of kevin's rough in that one it's hard to hard to watch his character but I, i'm glad he comes back in the final third and really brings it home oh yeah yeah oh I, I'm i very low-energy today. I apologize, people. It's it's a very low-energy film, though. Like, don't you feel? It's very... Re- it's, kind of, it's weirdly relaxing. And I know it's kind of weird to say that, but it is.
1: It's, like, one of those films that you get emotional for, but is presented neutrally. Like, there's no... There's no, like, specific point where they're trying to get you to sympathize with one specific character or any of the characters. Because that's really not the point of the film.
0: Yeah, that's what I love a lot I mean, about. you
1: do sympathize with that, but are not pushing it.
0: I loved a lot about Sorry. Uh, per- Perks as well. Uh, the Wallflower movie. is that A lot of that was also just, like, a Hangout movie. But even though it dealt with other stuff. And those are just the best just really homely films that i can get attached to i i i like big drama stuff occasionally but like not everything needs to be like that and so i appreciate when as long as it's not like dragging and 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 boring i appreciate when a film can slow down and just like appreciate the ride
1: yes because that really contrasts a lot of the content that's been that's been produced like the last 10 years.
0: Yeah, like first, the worst example of that is how animation was beforehand and how animation is now with how Hollywood is like, Mm -hmm. is shaping to be way more chaotic than what it used to be. I feel like that's the best example.
1: Yeah. And it's like there's like just a stimulation um, aspect of that where like people are getting desensitized and bored, and then there's like the money making aspect where they want to like it's fast because of like to keep people's attention, but it's also fast because it's a mo- like it, it's a money endeavor. Like you save more money if it goes faster.
0: Right. It just it never really seems to to grab the crackhead energy. And in a lot of modern films, it just never seems to grab the the heart of anything. Like, yeah, I can get kind of dull sometimes of a Ghibli movie. But a Ghibli movie is is going to be much better than like an illumination movie where everything is just like moving at breakneck speed. And I can never just appreciate anything. Animation is just the best example because it's like the most really sharp, dramatic uh, drop off but it's it's also with other films too like comedies are really high energy nowadays and they need to stop and just relax a little <laughs> bit mm-hmm. and, and you know there's a lot of oscar baby stuff nowadays too in terms of drama
1: studio ghibli is a great example of why of why um new films are taking on this format of like slow, objective, neutral kind of feel because um, people are flocking back to th- movies like that Studio Ghibli made or, anybody, or anything that has that vibe because it's, it's, it's calm so pleasant be-
0: to live in. Yeah it's, yeah, it's the most pleasant experience that I have with films is when I can just hang out and enjoy the, the, the scenery and the, the ride. That's, that's how most films should be though. I I really wish more were like that. I'd love to see, I I talked about in the one division thing. I'd love to see like maybe like big tentpole franchises that took that approach occasionally. Like, I know that would not hit well with the general audience at all just because of how people are and the short attention spans, but like, if i saw like a marvel thing or a star wars thing that just took its time and relaxed uh man it could be great
1: that would be super interesting and i wouldn't i think it would do well only because it's so contrasting that i think it would maybe make people interested
0: i would hope so i i think i really like character studies a lot and That's the best example if you want to do something that's more slow-paced, is to do a good character study. So that's what they should do. I just don't think they will anytime soon.
1: That's why WandaVision was originally so intriguing to me before I knew a lot about it, was because Mm -hmm. the concept of, like, a superhero, um, like, something within the superhero um, multiverse that was, like, really like almost slice of life about the human experience but through this fictional lens sounds really appealing to me
0: yeah that's kind of what's got me hyped i know it's gonna turn out to be like eventually like a big cgi thing sorry for the marvel d track but i really we've really set our our piece on moonlight um this marvel's got me really hyped that's like about a a young pakistani american teenager girl who gets superpowers and stuff and She's like been a huge fan of all these superheroes and now she becomes one. They could use that as a really good way to mm-hmm. do a slow paced uh, coming of age type story. But I know what they're going to do is she's going to get powers and then find herself in a bunch of like super crazy situations. And then she'll end up like joining an Avengers team or something. And I'd rather not. I'd rather just get like a smaller ladybird type movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, movies about, like, movies with no sequel that are just, like, about the human experience. It Mm. doesn't even matter, like, what you're looking at it through or what genre it is. Those are the types of movies that are becoming more and more appealing because people are looking for things that they can genuinely relate to instead of having to extrapolate their entire personalities to relate to characters like Superman and Iron Man.
0: Yeah like it sometimes life just isn't insane and like always interesting and there's just smaller more personal things but and that's what really draws the appeal of of Moonlight and stuff it's just like it tells the story you know like it's it's there for you if you need it but it's not overexerting and really high octane. Yeah for sure, there's
1: there's a balance for both. Like, I don't, I never want to live in a world that's all Marvel Cinematic Universe or all uh Ladybird. It's just like you need to, you need that back and forth.
0: Yeah, I just, I think there needs to be a better balance on what there is. Maybe that's just pumping out more Ghibli movies or something. Who knows?
1: But not like the mo- their most recent one
0: Uh did you watch that one?
1: No, I've seen clips of it and I saw like I saw it on HBO Max and I was like, "Oh god." Just cuz like visually I know it's not good and half the fun of animation is like the visuals. A- like sitting back and watching the visuals.
0: Yeah, I I didn't hate it like everyone did, but it certainly is a step down from their other work.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, That was disappointing. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Sorry. I was just going to say it was disappointed to see them do a, a 3D movie when the reason that they've been getting so much attention lately is because they were one of the few that kept doing 2D for so long. And that's what people yeah. were craving and they were the ones who we were putting out.
0: Yeah, I don't need Ghibli to do 3D. Like, Pixar's doing 3D and and uh, Illumination and DreamWorks. They all literally do 3D. It's like, yeah, maybe you can experience of other art forms, like maybe a stop motion or something like that. But, like, don't just do the generic 3D renders that everyone else is doing right now. Like, you're too late to the game, Ghibli. Yeah,
1: I don't get it. Like in the not like anime all. in general would be hard to translate to like a 3D thing anyway. No,
0: for sure, it doesn't. Not at all. Except I think Pokemon does occasionally, but not all the time. But that's just because like there's not a lot of ton of anime human characters. It's mostly like monsters and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's easier for them to pull.
0: Yeah. Uh closing thoughts on Moonlight before we rate it.
1: Um, visually pleasing, and almost yeah, it's a very human experience movie because it's not because before you would just call that slice of life, but this is not slice of life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I do think it, it's 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 nice, yeah. you know. I really love these types of things, and I hope we get more. I especially want to see what, what Barry Jenkins does next because I think he. His other film, like, at Beale Street Could Talk, is very similar. And then he's doing something with the Underground Railroad coming up. So I, I'm very curious to see where his career goes as a director. Because he, he shows a lot of promise here, you know.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I'm really big into the whole following directors nowadays. Just because I like the consistency of uh, visual styles.
1: Mm. I'm not there yet, but i'm that's definitely something that I'm going to do eventually. It's like yeah. go based on director and not just what thumbnail looks pretty,
0: <laughs> yeah, character development bro um I'm gonna rate this one i'm gonna i know I was like not i don't sound that very excited about it, but trust me, it's still like a, i I'm at a four and a half out of five, I'm really high on it.
1: I think I would go a 5.75 because the only thing, there was one thing that bothered me and it was like the way that some of um his like father figures death. Oh,
0: you mean like a 4.75?
1: How that was. Yeah, a 4.75.
0: Yeah so we're 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 around the same range. I feel like it's very close to being like a perfect or you know perfect in my enjoyment sense type thing. It's just, it's not completely there, but I think if I really devoted another watch to it and just uh was in the right mood cuz I watched this like casually on a Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, which is fine, but maybe <laughs> if I got like in a theater, you know, and actually got really into it, it could easily be a 5.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Right. That's that's um, all I got. Uh, I don't know what do you want to do next week? Do you have any ideas? I think I have to pick, right? Uh, it's your pick. Um Yeah. I need to We've had such I need to have people send in film racks. You know, for stuff to do. Dude do you have any yeah. I don't know what's really like what's really big. I, I think we might have to talk about it later. But I generally don't if know. You
1: it, if you can get your hands on Raya, then we could do that. Because I just watched that in theaters with my sister.
0: I, I watched it already. You did? I watched it the weekend it came out. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think you have. You don't have time. I I would say we could talk about it right now. But. um, I don't know. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll. um. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Was it? Do you think like I could get away with doing an episode. And not having to rewatch it?
1: Maybe. Just watch some clips. And read something. Or. We'll do.
0: When, I'll pick. When does I'll it... pick a movie. To watch for next okay. week. And I'll text you about it later. And then. We'll we'll say it's a double feature and just throw a riot talk in there.
1: Oh, sick! That was we'll, good.
0: We'll have like two things. We'll I'll just pick a shorter movie to watch, and we'll call it good. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. I think this was a pretty solid episode. Very very low key, low energy, but you know, thanks for sticking around. Appreciate y'all. Mm. All right, sign off. Goodbye.
1: Bye.